Good morning, Eugene. Hey, good morning. How are you doing today? Mm, it's like a rainy sort of Saturday, so trying to wake up better. That's cool. Um, I'm sipping on coffee and stuff. Um, anyway, so I was, um, I'm planning on a launching um, kind of like a journey style podcast uh, with Jane, with my daughter, and kind of, you know, getting my son involved when the time's right and stuff. Because I feel like, um, and I'm not the only one who thinks that way, but like, I feel like kids don't learn some of the basics about business, entrepreneurship, money, taxes, or whatever, um, in high school and in school in general. So I feel like people who are more familiar with it, who are more exposed to it, or kids who are more exposed to it, are at least better prepared if they do want to choose that path. Um, and you kind of had an experience, you know, when you were, I don't remember, 14, 15, right? Um, freelancing kind of a little bit. So I'm wondering um, if what your thoughts are on, on that and kind of the age of kids and stuff like that. Mm. So I guess I'm sort of aware that kids are only exposed to what they're exposed to and not just kids, adults too. So you can't really know what you don't know when it comes to jobs. And that's why like I'm an engineer because I knew that that was a career that you could choose. And I think young kids, they're only exposed to like certain professions. So you know, teachers, doctors, and whatever their like sort of parents do. And I think that's normal. And if you want to expose your kids to to what you're doing, to what you know, that's perfectly like reasonable. And that's sort of what everyone does they get their kids involved because well that's what they know and like you won't be teaching your kids how to i don't know repair cars because that's not a thing that you know how to do but if you if you did know it you would because you're sort of trying to teach your kids everything that you know to get them prepared i think the the downfall of this is that a lot of times parents are too biased by what they know and they they like don't pay attention to the kid enough. So if the kid signals that they're interested in something that the parent might not know, the parent might be biased against it. So maybe they're interested in, I'm trying to think of something that you don't know about, but yeah, like what, what, what if they were like, Hey, this car is really cool. How do you like take it apart? See what it does inside. You might discourage them thinking it might not be like, a good career path or a good uh, activity or a good time use or like gaming, I think is a classic one <laughs> where like kids are into gaming or like making videos online or something and parents don't really understand it. And they think that it's a waste of time and they sort of miss an opportunity to look at the kid and what the kid is interested in. And they sort of force what they're familiar with to the kid, which I think is common, but not, you know, good or bad, I guess. It's like, it's, it's fine. Everyone sort of deals with it. Well, I mean, I think there is maybe a sort of an underlying reason. I mean, there are probably a, there are a number of reasons for that, but um, being a parent, I feel like 
the reason is usually kind of wanting the best for your kids. And, you know, adults understand, adults especially who have children, hopefully, understand um, that you need more than just passion. You need a skill often. Um you know, I've had the kind. I had the this conversation with a friend of mine um, from Florida, and she's you know she's been a an artist her whole life. Um, she's about sixty or so, and um, she talked about the fact that you know we even recorded this interview when she talked about how parents discourage kids from being artistic, from pursuing their artistic side of things. Let's say you know being a painter or a dancer or um, an actor or whatever, right? The artistic kind of path, because um, there's this notion that if you are an artist, you're destined for poverty. Um, So I think that many parents kind of are afraid of that because like you said, they don't know a lot about it. They don't, it's kind of foreign because typically let's say, you know, a parent would be making some money doing something right something that's skilled even if it's artistry something that they you know went to school for or or didn't or whatever something that they've built up so i think we as parents we appreciate um our children to be able to have skills to support themselves financially and also pursue their passion so all of us want our kids to be happy but at the same time we want our kids to not live in poverty Right, right. So I think that um, that's kind of one of the reasons for for parents kind of, I guess, not encouraging certain things, certain things that they're not very familiar with. Well, I mean, wanting your kid to have a job is an interesting sort of pitch for the kids, because most of the time, the kids they don't really have work and they have school which is i I think more work than real work (laughs) um so there is this notion that you do have to do stuff as a kid that you don't particularly want to but you're a kid and you have no choice but the promise is that when you grow up you can sort of do whatever which is true sort of but you still need to figure out a way to support yourself and a lot of a lot of the people that I know, they, they're they very dependent on parents or grandparents or like aunts and uncles. And like I'm one of the only people that is like self-sufficient. I don't know a lot of people that that do that. And I don't, I don't know how good or bad this is. Like I have a lot of stress, sort of like self-maintaining. But... And I don't particularly like it. Like, if someone were to give me lots of money and, like, help me, I would I would take the help. Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> right. But, like, I end up knowing way more about, like, how at least my little financial world and the world of work is. And, like, yeah, work isn't, like, play. If I wanted to be an artist, I could be an artist as a, as a hobby. But the second you, you say, okay, this is going to be the way that I make money. If you're an artist, if you're like a, like a singer songwriter or someone that makes paintings, it's very different to be passionate about something and 
do it in your free time and like do it for work. So like I know a lot of designers that you know went to school they they went to like the arts stuff they did a bunch of things but at the end of the day they are working for a like a corporation designing websites and I don't I don't know how passionate they are about like UX and website design but let me tell you most of the time they are not designing anything they are sitting in meetings and it's it's work <laughs> but that work does pay them way more than if they were just, you know, painting. And, you know, same thing with painters. Like, sure, you could you could make money, but a lot of the time you spend working is sort of selling your stuff. And, you know, whether that be networking or trying to, like, get into, like, have your paintings shown in some gallery. But work is, like, work. And I think very few people like see celebrity and see these successful quote unquote artists and they don't realize how much actual work goes into that. Yeah. And exposing someone to that, I, like it's, it's a little defeating. If I knew that, you know, my favorite. Why is it defeating? <laughs> Cause you want to think of like music as like sort of being magic. And when you start learning more and more about what it takes to like be an artist, like, yeah, these people do perform and they are really good at music and they're passionate about it and all that. But the amount of work that they put in is still work. And I think a lot of people wouldn't choose that work. And I think a lot of times you get into a situation where, oh, I'm an artist and I work part time at a diner or something and i mean I'm, I'm not saying that's not a good way to start but a lot of them sort of end like that and that's because they don't accept that the like the artistic side also has this work that you have to do if you want to make money yeah you know so this this woman susan susan michael she's a photographer in florida she's she was a president of the Professional Photographers Association um, for a couple of years, and we actually discussed this very topic in terms of artists because she's, you know, she was a musician for fifteen years, then she kind of switched to photography, and she said that, you know, there wasn't really a difference once you are kind of an art form. Um, the the actual form of art doesn't matter, right? So we were talking about this, you know, destined for poverty notion about being an artist. And she actually talks about exactly what you just mentioned, which is lack of commitment. Oftentimes people think that, you know, it's, um, it looks easy, right? Everything looks easy. Singing looks easy. Acting looks easy until you actually do it. Um, and if you really love your art, I think there is a way. And she, she, she actually kind of helped me realize that there is a way to make a very good living, and she's an example of that, a very good living with art if you're committed to it. But, you know, we talked about the fact, she talked about things like, I love taking pictures. I love going to Africa, safari, you know, taking picture of little lions or, you know, baby cubs, lion cubs and stuff, and baby tiger cubs and stuff like that. But, you know, but I, photography, the, she has a portrait studio in Florida. She said portrait photography um, pays for those trips, pays for that passion. Um, and also she said, you know, I can't, I, 
and I asked her like, what do you not like about what you do? Cause I mean, there's going to be always something that you don't like, right. And what you do. Um, I think that's inevitable, but, um, she said, well, I hate framing, but I know that, it, you know, that's where my money is. That's I create uh, memories for people. And, you know, by creating a framed piece of art, their photo, their family photo or whatever, I create memories for them. So that's an, a necessary kind of part of work that I don't enjoy. But um, I just felt like for me, well, she talks about the fact that let's say there are Madonnas of the world, right. And they're um, choir church choir singers kind of um, that sing for free sort of, there is a huge spectrum of money to be made uh, before you get to be Madonna, or even if you never get to be a Madonna, um, there is huge potential to make money if you only commit to your art. I think that's probably an important part that I would want my kids to know. And also that there will always be something that you don't like in your work. And for me, like for my work, the goal is to grow to a point where I can um, have somebody else do what I don't like and then be focusing on what I do like. <laughs> right. So with kids, it gets a little complicated because as a parent, you're basically trying to figure out what the kid is good at and what the kid sort of like latches onto. And I think you want to try the kid out on a lot of things where if you decide that, okay, I'm going to teach my kid, you know, the basics of business, you know, obviously good, but this commitment is a hard thing to do. And I don't think it's possible because kids are only kids for a certain amount of time. And it's not very long. If you think about like the size of careers, so your kids will never sort of like find a thing, try out a bunch of other things, decide that they want something and also be motivated to go through like the grueling parts of work. I think at some point they're just like, well, like I'm a kid, let me figure out what I like. And that what I like thing will change as they're exposed to more and more different people, different like opportunities. So yeah, as a parent, you show them, you know, first the basics of whatever it is kids do, you know, going to the bathroom, eating, sleeping. And then you introduce them to, Hey, look, your, your immediate family has these things that they do for work. What do you think? Or like, this was a thing that I did as a kid, you know, singing, dancing, whatever. And you have a certain amount of time to teach them that until they stop listening to you and they don't like you anymore. And, you know, I'm over the whole parent thing. And then they'll seek out other people who will influence them. And like I, I, I mean, obviously all kids are different, but I think on average, you're not going to get a kid to the point where they've been like, doing a thing to the point where they accept that some part is their passion and some part is their work because they're just trying to figure out what they like. They don't need to be bogged down by, and also I have to like fill out these forms for no reason because taxes and like, no, let, let the kid sort of figure out their passions and the passions will change as they're exposed to more and more things. So just like throw more things at them and see what they like attach to because you only have a, like a limited amount of time to do that anyway, until they 
they're too old and they don't listen to you anymore. <laughs> well, I get it. I think that it's, um, honestly, it's, it's a challenge, I guess, and um, a life challenge for, for parents to find this fine line between kind of forcing something onto kids and at the same time te- teaching them the skills that you think are important. And there's nothing wrong, I think, with um, thinking that, you know, what you believe in is important. Um, there's just, I think it's craft in a way, um, and it's a craft or skill that can be acquired or learned um, to transfer passion to something um, to your kids kind of when they're little. So that, so basically what I'm trying to do is, um, um, so there are different types of podcasts, right? Um, there's a discussion kind of like we have, um, on different topics. There's, um, interviews and there's journey, uh, journey pod, um, podcast style. So I was thinking of starting a podcast that would <clears throat> like, I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to do it a hundred percent, but, I'm willing to explore and um, hopefully provide value to people who are listening to that. Maybe kids would listen to that, maybe have conversations with Jane um, about, you know, some basic concepts so that when they're older, um, it's easier for them. These concepts aren't foreign, um, I thought. I mean, you could have had that experience, right, with like doing some bookkeeping and data entry and stuff. So. Yeah. And it's more than that. Like you can also, like, I know a lot of people don't like talking about finances and planning and stuff, but I, like I grew up where we talked about at least some aspects of like personal finance. And it was interesting. It's not that I was being taught something from like a teacher. It was more like, Hey, the family is doing this activity. Taxes is a classic one. And the kid was involved in this ridiculous process. Like the way that I grew up watching people do taxes made it seem like it was the most complicated thing in the world. And then when I do my taxes in 20 minutes every year, I'm just like, what were they doing? But it was a different time, you know? And people were just figuring it out and the tools are different now. And I, th- I think I, f- I found a, I found a good value sort of being involved in the goings on of the family's way of making money. So, you know, have your kids know how much your electric bill is. Have your kids know, uh, you know, what plumbers are, when to call them that you don't have to know everything. You could, you could, you know, just know people that know how to do things. Those, those sort of lessons were very important to me. And it's not even that you have to teach someone a skill. You have to teach them that a skill is, like knowable and it's not even knowable by them it's knowable by someone and that was a very important topic that i was taught that i could figure out something like anything and that was that was kind of empowering and here i am in engineering where that's basically my job i go into every like work day i don't really know what i'll be doing and when i get a problem i don't really know how to solve it but i have the experience to say well I figured out every other thing before. (laughs) 
and I'll figure out this next thing that you're, you're like unsure about. Yeah, totally. I love that. I actually think that that's that approach. Um, that skill is important and I'm going to take note. I'm going to um, totally talk about that because remember you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago, or I can't remember when it was, but it wasn't so far off, but um, we talked about the fact that um, when you, talk to kids, you, um, you kind of have to, I guess, teach them without teaching, um, give them the skill to make the choices, but also teach them how to be a leader, teach them how to be, how to work in a, in a, um, group, um, let's say in a team, right? Um, so that would be a part of that podcast with Jane, kind of to see how, because like, I don't know if you remember, but we talked about kind of like how it's hard to, when you were in school and when you move on to college, you're forced to work in the team and sometimes you don't know how to do it. Right. And that's like, I mean, like socializing your kids is an important part of parents. And I feel like I didn't get a lot of that just in general. But, you know, like people socialize their pets. And I think that socializing the kids and exposing them to different kinds of people, exposing them to different kinds of groups, that's also like a job of a parent. And being a parent, it is a job. Like it's not all fun and games. Like you have to do stuff that the kid might not want, but you got to figure it out anyway. And that doesn't mean, you know, be mean to the kid and force them to do stuff, but it, like you do need to figure it out how to how to like let the kids survive and have this expectation that like hey when you're in your 20s you're expected to be self-sufficient and we'll help you out and cool and like you know whatever you want to do it's cool with us but like don't expect to get handouts forever because who knows what like your life will be like later make sure that you set them up for success and I think that that's the reason that parents um, do that. The parents kind of want their kids to to do all that because we, we want to set them up so that if something happens to us, they can be self-sufficient. They can um, sustain themselves, their family or whatever. I think that's the primary underlying reason and fear that every parent has. And I mean, if, it's very evident when parents have um, kids with disabilities I mean, that's the fear that cannot be really measured if you think about it. Because, I mean, a parent who, let's say, has a child with um, Down syndrome or autism, autism, they're afraid that when they get older, when the parents get older and, and pass on, what's going to happen to their kids? That's why, um, you know, for, for parents with kids with disabilities, it's very um, acute. For parents with kids with no disabilities, um, it's not as acute, but that's the fear that we all have. And we want to set them up for success to at least be able to sustain themselves and be happy and healthy and stuff like that. Yeah, but at some point, that responsibility is passed from you as a parent. And you do need to like let it go. And if the kid is struggling, which lots of kids struggle, and... You just got to let them. I mean, you can't, 
like at some point they're no longer your responsibility, even if you feel like it is. Like if if they just don't figure it out, like what else are you gonna do? Well like, you know, <laughs> they they gotta do it. There's no other there's no other option. Right. Um but I guess and at some point you you as a parent reach a point where you there's nothing you can do. Um anymore sort of but um i think that all of us want to just do as much to know deep down that we've done everything in our power to set them up and if things didn't work out things happen differently um then at least we know that it wasn't sort of our fault at least that's what i think about um you know when i yank my kids the kids leash kind of in a sense that i don't let them risk you know falling and breaking something um that's what i think about i want to know that i did everything in my power uh, that everything under my control to prevent uh, a disaster um and and i understand that sometimes things don't work out and sometimes things you know work um chris happen despite all of your efforts but at least um it gives me i guess comfort knowing that i did everything i could and on like a grim note, like at some point when the kids are old enough, the parents sort of need to acknowledge that they're no longer responsible because the parents start declining too. And if you're a parent that's trying to like always teach the kids something and the kids, I don't know, 30, 40, and the parent starts going through some like mental or health troubles like the parent needs to reach out for help and sort of give up that caretaker role but if you're always saying oh you'll never be successful as a painter the kid won't be in a position to be a caretaker for the parent and that that's where like weird stuff happens like i know some like grandparents that they like drive and they get into car accidents because they they shouldn't be driving but the kids never took over and like they didn't want to they didn't have a good enough relationship with the parents to say hey you know parent grandparent you can't drive anymore and if they did say that the 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 grandparents wouldn't accept it because they see the kids as losers and i'm the successful (laughs) one and like this this adulthood thing sure you get smarter and smarter and smarter but at some point like your age catches up with you and you can't you know like drive forever or you can't like you as an adult need to transition again and you have to transition out of a caretaker role sometimes and let the kids sort of take over or as an adult you got to figure out who's going to take care of you later and that's like it it seems selfish it's like oh my whole life was always about my kids but like no now you have to figure out how to take care of yourself as you transition to a new phase of your life and that's like a conversation you can have with your kids, but no one knows what's going to happen or how that's going to present. So I, the only thing that I could think of is your goal should be that once you're done teaching the kids, you should be at the same like level. You should, you shouldn't pretend that you're better than your kids, that your kids are losers. Like, nah, it's equal. And you're just two adults at some point in a room that like sure this person knew you when you grew up but 
<laughs> like that's in the past now and the parent is the one that's most likely gonna like need help where the kid has a couple more years of like healthy adult living obviously there's you know circumstances that change that but yeah it it the the parent kid dynamic is interesting and that's another thing that no one really talks about like long-term planning eh, uncomfortable we don't want to talk about it where you gotta you gotta do it or you're gonna be really unprepared i agree um and that's something that we as kind of graduates of um the Soviet Union, well, me and my husband and your mom and, and your stepdad and, and stuff, um, we all kind of aren't familiar, well, weren't familiar with how to do well. Um, and I think that um, most parents don't think their kids are losers. Um, <laughs> at least I certainly hope that uh, most people I know don't think that their kids are losers even when they grow up. I think that um, there is a way. There is a way to find a way to uh, respect and love your kids, even if you don't agree with them. I think that's the important lesson here. But um, in any case, I think that teaching them skills to to be independent um, and teaching them kind of how to make decisions, how and when to make decisions, I think are important. Uh, as other skills are important too. Um, which is kind of the point of this conversation. Yeah. No, I mean, you got to try. And if your kid responds to it, that's great. Like let them, let them respond to anything that they can. And I think it's like a good attempt and, you know, just try it out. <laughs> <All> <laughs> good right, luck. Talk to you next week. <laughs> yep. See ya.